welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Your Bibles here, here in Big Church to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 11, like the old 711 with that. This here is a message for mothers, and it's based on the miracles. You know, we're in a, we're in a sermon series looking at the miracles of Jesus. And one of the miracles he's about to perform here, he's going to raise a young man from the dead. And the young man he's going to raise from the dead had a mother who was grieving and crying over him. And the reason why she was so upset is because this lady, she was a widow. So she had lost her husband. And now she had just lost her only son. So back in Bible times, if you didn't have that, they didn't have the uh, safety nets maybe we would have today, you were in trouble if you do not have a husband or any sons to help care for you. And Jesus came to her town, and he raised her son from the dead. Now in the Bible, there are 37 miracles performed by Jesus. That's how many miracles he performed. Now, some overlap. So, like, Luke's account will have the same miracle of the feeding of 5,000. That's also found in John as well as Matthew and Luke's account, and Mark's account. So you see all four of them in there. But the, some miracles are only found in certain Gospels. This is one of those. We only read about it here in Luke chapter 7. And what we're going to see this morning is Jesus has compassion on this lady, recognizes her pain from her loss, and he brings her son back to life and gives her son to, to her, his mother. And I think for us, the biblical takeaway for us here, what God wants to speak to us is many of us, you might have had a wonderful mother, and you want to honor your mother here on Mother's Day, but not only... Are you blessed to have a great mom? It is imperative in your spiritual life that you have a rock-solid foundation in Christ. Because as much protection as your mother can serve and as much she can help you, she can only go so far. This past two or three days, we took a less than 48-hour trip to Alabama, which is crazy. You drive down there, turn around, drive right back. But that's what you have to do when you're married. So I'm the driver, while the person next to me plays on her phone. So <clears throat> that's, that's what occurs. And I drove down there, and I'm 43 years old. I have a mother, and she's, would she has protection around me. It's time to come back yesterday morning. So what does she do? It's like 8.30 in the morning. She's packing me peanut butter sandwiches. No jelly, because you, you can't drive and eat the jelly because it falls all over you. Peanut butter sandwiches is the best possible food for eating and driving, if you're going to do that. So don't ask how I know these things. So that way, you're just sitting in the car, and it's not, it's not very messy. Yes, sir, aren't you supposed to be in children's church? Okay, well, I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> Y'all get that? You know, one of the problems when you're raised in church, like my children, you're here all the time, church can become very casual and common but that's a sermon for another time about when you when you lose the sanctity of church 
and worship with that. But here in the Bible, what we see is just because maybe you, your mother or you put that hedge of protection around yourself, around your children, if they don't have a rock-solid foundation in Christ, they will fall. I want to illustrate this. In Northern Ireland, you can go visit a castle called Castle Ray. Some of you might have been there. A Castle Ray was built in the 1700s. Castle Ray is now destroyed. What happened was Castle Ray was owned and, I guess, built for a man named Lord Londonberry. And it, when it first built, it did not have a wall around it. It was a massive stones, very secure, but it had no surrounding wall to keep out just vandalism and people wandering around. Well, Lord Londonberry, he didn't want to stay in Northern Ireland very long, so he, would, he had other properties, so he was always gone. He was just on the go, traveling around Europe, visiting his different castles. And then he came to his North Ireland castle, and he noticed that some of the peasants there in the community were going and stealing some of his bricks out of his castle to help build because nobody was there watching. They didn't have the ring doorbell. There was no security guard, so you just help yourself, grab whatever you want. Nobody's there. So he commissioned his head servant to build a wall around his castle. And he told he said, I want you to build a wall and keep the people out. Well, the head servant, I guess he wasn't the brightest bulb in the box. He thinks, I, want, I need some strong bricks. I need some strong blocks to build this. So he actually started using some of the uh, bricks from the castle that he was protecting because they were the strongest ones around. And as he kept doing that, you know, the guy, Lord Londonberry, he's gone. The castle collapsed. And it just became a big pile of ruins. There was no castle left. But there was a big wall, a strong wall surrounding this castle. So four or five years later, Lord Londonberry comes back to check on his castle, and he's got a nice wall right there. But then he looks at his castle, and it's gone. He asks the servant, he says, what, what happened? You were supposed to protect the castle. And he says, sir, you asked for a wall. I built the wall. Now, I'm here to share. That's a true story. I'm here to share with you. Mamas, you can build that wall around your children. But if they don't have a rock-solid foundation of a castle in their life, they will collapse. They will fall. And today's message is to give you reassurance you can have a wall and you can have a castle that's both very strong. How do you strengthen your children's castle? That is their faith and commitment to Christ. More than anything else, moms, you and dads, you want to give your children and your grandchildren the assurance of salvation that you know, just like in this story we're about to read, if your children were to pass away and you find you, yourself burying your child, and I've heard that is the worst thing to do, is to bury your child. You can have assurance they're in heaven. So open up your Bibles here. 
Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Afterward, he was on his way to a town called Nain, a small little town. His disciples in a large crowd there was gathering around. They're traveling with him. So he's got a big group with him. Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. The reason he was going, the, the funeral procession was going outside the city is because in Bible times you did not bury your dead inside the city gates. Have you ever been in like an old downtown area and you're right there at the city square and literally one block over is the graveyard, the city graveyard. You think that's just, that's a little close. I've lived in one of those communities. You look out the window, I'm preaching, looking out the windows of a church, I'm looking in a cemetery. And by the way, that's really odd. I'm, I used to do this. People would go do decoration. I think it was usually around Mother's Day. And you're preaching the gospel and people are, are honoring the dead and bringing flowers and doing that. Well, I'm here to tell you, the most important way for us to prepare ourselves for death, going into the graveyard, is having a rock-solid relationship with Jesus. That is what mothers want for their children. That's what you want with a strong castle. This man here had passed away. He was being carried out, meaning he was, he's heading out the door. His mother was there crying. It says here, He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. And she knew what that meant. Her son was gone, her husband's gone. She was about to struggle. It was going to be tough for her. And it says, A large crowd from the city was also with her. When the Lord saw her, notice Jesus, he's not watching the casket, he's not watching the procession. He goes to a funeral and he's looking right there at the mother because he's at this funeral service and he knows who's experiencing the most pain. I want to tell you, when you know of someone who dies, listen, we honor the dead, but there's nothing that their soul is sealed for eternity. The ministry comes to that family on the front pew. Your attention, your direction goes to that family in many ways you should minister to them that spouse more than anyone else and jesus comes to this procession and the funeral's going outside because they don't it was wrong to bury a body inside the city and he looked over and he saw that woman she was hurting anytime someone is in pain jesus extended compassion towards them he did not turn a deaf ear to pain this is pain for her when the lord saw her he had compassion on her and said don't weep she was crying she's hurting here then he came up and look at this and he touched the open coffin that's where we get open coffin funerals from there's an open coffin do you know this is the only time in the history of mankind? Because I shared earlier, Jesus performed 37 miracles. Three of them, he raised people from the dead. But this is the only one that he did. This, he did the raising from the dead. And this is not counting his resurrection. 
while during a funeral. The first one was a 12-year-old girl, Jairus' daughter. His daughter died at home. Jesus spoke the word. She came back to life. The second one, Lazarus. Mary and Martha had a brother. He had been dead and buried for four days. Jesus shows up at the graveyard and says, Lazarus, come out. The man walks out of the tomb with his grave clothes on. But this one, this story here, bringing this young man back from the dead, from Nain, is a little unique because they're in the process of burying the son. This is the only time in the Bible, probably the history of mankind, that the funeral director had to give a refund to the family during the service. I mean, you think about the funeral director's thinking, I just collected a lot of money for this. Now he's pulling out his wallet, giving the money back. Look what Jesus does in the middle of the service. He interrupts all of this. All these people witness it too. He came up and he touched the open coffin. Just barely. He barely touched it. He just touched it. And then look what happens. He says, and the young, the pallbearers, they stop. So people are curious, what's going to happen here? Jesus touched the coffin. Everybody stop. Young man, I tell you, get up. He doesn't even know who this man is. He speaks to the coffin. And it says, the Bible says, the dead man sat up and began to speak. And look at this. It's such an important part. Jesus gave the man, the young man, to his mother. That boy was lost. He was not spiritually lost. He was physically lost. He was gone. Jesus brought him back to life. The young man sits up from the coffin. Immediately the family gets their refund. And then Jesus helps him down and says, Ma'am, I understand you lost your son. Here he is alive. Jesus brought the lost dead son back from the grave. This story is very similar to another one. Another one, this son here is lost physically. When you have a mother, when you're a mother and you have children, you don't want to lose your children. Now you say, what are you talking about? I don't mean just physical losing children. You can lose your children and they're still alive. You lose them to the pleasures of this world. You lose them to addiction. You lose them to the desire of working all the time, making lots of money. And right here, Jesus is restoring this woman's mother to him and handing him back to her. There's a story of the prodigal son, the most famous parable Jesus ever told. And we know this story. The young man cashed in his inheritance very early. The younger of the two sons. He wanted to go ahead and buy some things and do whatever he wanted to do. It didn't take long, but the money ran out. And he found himself in a pig pen, eating food from unclean animals. And the scriptures tell us that eating all this food, eating from the unclean animals here, that he longed, he realized, why am I eating this stuff? When my father, his servants at home, have better food than I have. 
I'll go home and tell, say, Dad, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Make me like one of your hired servants. And the father did not do that. He acknowledged him as a son. That son was lost. He was gone even though he was alive. Many of you have lost your children. And this message for you today is to say, if this woman here, this mother, can have her son brought back from the dead, sit up from the coffin, surely Jesus can save my son or daughter. Surely Jesus can deliver my children from this addiction, this problem, this disobedience, whatever it would be. There's a problem in your family. And mothers, you grieve and you long for your children. This child, this mother is crying. The parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, the father every day would go out and look for if his son was coming. One day he'll start to come. There's this longing for your children to know the Lord, for them to be safe. And I think our biblical principle for us is we need to make sure not only do you honor your mother when you get saved, you honor the Lord when you get saved. Your mother brought, maybe brought you to church this morning for the very purpose so that you will hear this message, hear the gospel, hear how important it is to turn from our old way of life and turn to Jesus. This Bible verse goes on to say, Then fear came over everyone, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. This report about him went throughout Judea and all the vicinity. God has visited his people. That is true for us today, this morning. God is here amidst us. We're here on Mother's Day. Moms, you brought your children. You brought your grandchildren. You want them to make sure they have the assurance of salvation. When you get saved, you're not doing it first to honor your mother. You're doing it first to honor God. That's what the first commandment. We worship the Lord. The fifth commandment tells us to honor our father and our mothers. By giving our lives to Jesus, we also honor our mother. And if you have never surrendered your life to Christ, folks, this morning on Mother's Day, God desires, God longs for you to do that. Think about another story Jesus told about similar to a, a castle and its walls. And about using the gifts that God has given you. The parable of the talents. God gave different talents. A talent's a gift, wealth, an ability to some different people. Some had 50, some had 10, some had one or two. And those with the 50 and the 10, they doubled their profit. They did well. But the one that has received the gift of one or two talents, the Bible says they went and buried that talent. Because why? The owner was gone a long time. He did not know when he was going to return. And then he came back, and he's like, where's my money? What have you invested in it? And he says, I didn't invest anything. I buried it. And I want to tell you, if you bury your money, inflation is going to eat it up today. 
Jesus was not happy with the servant just going out and burying his money. And he called him a wicked servant. Moms, God has given you the ability to raise, to love, and to lead your children and your families. And we should take every opportunity to absolutely build a strong wall around our family. There is moral filth and immorality creeping all the way up into your home, into your children's lives. But more importantly, as great as the wall is, castles crumble from within. You destroy a nation, you destroy lives, our personal lives, if they aren't constantly attuned to God's will in our life, we will just be like that castle in Northern Ireland, Castle Ray, that collapses. Jesus wants your children to be saved. Jesus wants your children have a rock-solid foundation in Him. The greatest thing you'll ever give to them is faith in Jesus Christ. Who here this morning had a mother that would teach you how to be saved? Who here? Who here had a mother? Look at that. Most of the mothers here would teach, if not everyone, teach their children. Here's what it means to be saved. Here's what it means to know God. Here's how you can have a strong castle in your life. So moms, we think about the wall. And you can focus all your work on the wall. Jesus says when you build something, a foundation, if it's on sand, it's going to fall. But if it's on the rock, it stays firm. But if you do not have a personal relationship with the Lord, you are spiritually dead. This morning I ask you, young person, are you saved? Have you given your life to Christ? Has your castle collapsed from within? A mother can only take her children so far. And then you surrender them to the Lord and say, God, daily, I'm going to be praying for my children and my grandchildren. Because I know this world is going to hit their castle. It's going to hit their lives. And if it is not rock solid, it will collapse. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to get saved. Some of you told me that you brought your children here for today for the very purpose so they can hear this message on salvation. And maybe you need to get saved. Maybe you need to repent of your sin and say, Lord, I have been living in disobedience. Not only are you disobeying the Lord, you're disobeying your mother. If your mother taught you and your father taught you how to live for God, brought you to church, taught you the scriptures, and you're living in rebellion, God will hold you accountable for that. You don't get saved because mother said so, to honor your parents. When I, when I meet with little children about getting baptized, my mo- one of the most fundamental things I have to do is make sure that little, little Susie over here, she's not wanting to get baptized because she wants to please her mother. You get baptized, you get saved to please God. He is the one of our, our, our focus. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to give you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to give you the opportunity to trust Christ as your Savior. The Bible tells us we can pray to Jesus. He hears our prayer. 
He picks us up on a, a sandy, shallow foundation, and He sets us on the rock. I'm going to say this prayer, and if the Lord is speaking to you, I want you to repeat after me. You can do it quietly. God can read our hearts. This is what it means to repent and to believe in Jesus. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I have, sur I have surrendered to you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, my heart of wrongdoing. Jesus, from this day on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. The Bible tells us, folks, if you meant, meant that prayer, if you confessed your sins to God, you honor the Lord, and this morning you got saved. That's what it means to know Christ. And I want to tell you what we're going to do, how we're going to close this service. I want, don't miss the fact that Jesus raised that man back from the dead with a large crowd. All the disciples, everyone witnessed the man sit up from the coffin. When you get saved, you know what happened? Jesus touched your coffin because you were dead. You were spiritually dead, and Christ resurrects you. And the Bible tells us when we have done that, when we have surrendered to Jesus, we know we have assurance of going to heaven. And if your mother knew the Lord, when you pass away too, you will see your mother in heaven. So we're going to close with an invitation. And this is you, when you respond, you come tell me that you got saved this morning. And we rejoice in that. You walk out of the aisle and come talk to me. So we're going to stand up. Zach Bauer, our youth pastor, is going to stand right here. And I'm going to stand right here. And we're going to respond to Jesus this morning during our invitation. All right, Beecher's going to lead us in our song.